I mean, there's only so much information out there on the interwebs about mouse hunt. You're you're not even kidding. I've like tried to like, can I find some place like with a deep dive? Like, what is Gore Verbinski thinking making this? <laughs> Has he commented on this? I found like local TV interviews with him from the time. Really? But, like, mm. There's not really any good insight in those from what I could find. Huh. It feels like a very surface level film. Like what you see is what you get. Exactly. All right, so Tyler, you uh, have a David Letterman story for us. I I do. You are a fan for some reason. I mean, he's probably my third favorite late night host. Oh, you made this seem like a bigger deal than it was. But you got to remember, he loves late night hosts. Yeah, he loves them. The only thing that's knocked down Letterman for me is, is like you know the affair and stuff like that. He had an affair. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Well, James was Corden was rude to someone at a restaurant, so I hate him more. And he got canceled. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, he did he canceled in the traditional sense. Oh, in the television sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, he he stepped down, and then I think NBC's just like, eh, let's get rid of this. This was still on. <laughs> Wait, who was your second favorite late night host? Uh, Craig Ferguson. Who used to be uh, the host of the Late Late Show? I was gonna say, oh, was he before Corden? Yes, yeah, he was right before. Uh, like geez. Letterman hired him personally. So, so what happened? Uh, so, what is the story here, really? Uh, for like what, like what's the story? For oh, me? you? Oh, yes. I wasn't. I wasn't done talking about like oh man, like uh, Letterman to Colbert. That's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Who was between well, Carson and Leno? No one? No one. Because it was supposed to be... Carson wanted to give the show to Letterman, um, oh. but uh, the, the execs wanted Leno. And who did Fallon take over for? Conan. No, I thought I thought it was Leno and then Conan for like a week and then Leno. But Yeah, but Conan was doing Late Night after Leno and then Fallon took over. This is really, I'm sure, oh my exciting oh, stuff for our yeah. average listener. The yeah. only thing Jimmy Fallon should host is a parasite. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so David Letterman uh, famously, or I don't even know famously, beyond Indiana, went to Ball State University, where I am presently employed. You're eating a piece of pizza? Is this the famous... I'm a mason. Is this the famous Lakitis pizza I've heard so much about? Just tell your story! <laughs> so anyway, I says to the guy, I says to him, I says... <laughs> I says to the guy, I says... He's standing right there, play right? play the theme song he right now. Guy, <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Basically, long story short, Letterman comes back to uh, Ball State all the time. But he came back uh, last night to, uh, like, promote this 25-minute documentary he, like, helped fund that was, like, a con- that was like in partnership with, like, the Arts College and the communication and, and all that. And basically the documentary is like, I screwed around with some colored duct tape and some cardboard. Can we make this into a glass thing? And then they made a documentary about that. Riveting. That that's your Letterman story? No, no, I'm just this is background. So my actual Letterman story is a uh 
a co-worker of mine who will remain nameless, her father hates David Letterman because they were in rival frats. And he's... <laughs> And he would like hate watch the uh, the late show, um, but basically never been a bigger fan of Jay Leno than yeah. this man right here. <laughs> so they thought he was an arrogant arrogant man. And one day David comes in with this brand new fancy car, whenever this was right. And so to get back at him, the frat house would sneak in at night. And, like, fill his gas tank all the way up. So he'd be driving around for, like, a month. Be like, this thing gets amazing mileage. This is incredible. <laughs> and then, after that, they start siphoning gas at night. Oh, my God. So, so he's like, what happened? So he keeps taking it back to the dealership. Like, it was getting great gas mileage. Now the gas mileage sucks. And he never found out. That's such a good prank. And they kept it going until he graduated uh, and just never told him. Amazing. And that's so, because uh, that's co-worker- so psychological. That's it like, is. It's you genius. get up his cup co- and it's such a slow burn. Right? Wow. For a month, he's having a, a great time. Where you could do such a prank, too, <laughs> where you buy him free gas. You can't do this kind of prank in the gas crisis. <laughs> But I thought you'd uh, get a kick out of that. And I'm like, is David Letterman going to listen to this? And it's like, nah. <laughs> so, so I feel comfortable telling it. And she's and she was like, I should tell him. Or like, my father should like write a note to him. He's like, nope, I'm taking this to the grave. So they never told him at <laughs> he all. still doesn't know. Fantastic. <laughs> That's amazing. Here we go. Quiet. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. I see you shiver with air Taking your first step into a larger world. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Isn't that a daisy? When they get a load of me. It's indescribably beautiful. It reminds me of the 4th of July. Welcome to downtown Coolsville. Population? Us. It's artificial. Entertainment. Patient. All right. Well, hey, uh, welcome to Artificial Entertainment. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Josh Lakaitis. With me uh, is my intrepid explorer, Mason Betterly. Hello. Hey, howdy, hey. Oh, oh was... darn it. You? <laughs> oh, why? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good pit. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm going oh the way of the him. I'm choking on my own rage here. We didn't even have to accidentally feed him a cockroach. Oh. Oh. And, oh. Uh, my other my other host, the man who intends to kill me, Tyler Yaney. Hello. Yeah, uh, welcome, welcome to Artificial <laughs> Entertainment, a podcast about uh movies that we feel have been forgotten. That might uh, might not even register as real in your mind, and we go back, look at the ones that we love, and and you know, reevaluate them for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's the point. We mm-hmm. each pick a movie we like, and we bring it to the other two. And so far, the only one that has like a perfect hitting average is Tyler. That's not true. Is that true? Mason didn't like Gremlins. Well, no, uh, no, none of us have a perfect hitting average. Um, Tyler has the highest one. Has the highest average. If Thank we're go, if we're talking if we're talking about actual viewership, 
Um, he has the highest average. Oh, I um, didn't even know that. Yeah, the only thing to take him down <laughs> was the Gremlins episode. I will make it no apologies. Honestly, like, this and the last two are a weird trilogy of <laughs> movies we love that are not critical darlings. Mm-hmm. Or the the forty yeah. percenter club. Actually, don't know what Masters of the Universe have. <laughs> that might be too high for Masters of the Universe. Yeah, actually. <laughs> but but you guys have picked films that have like cult followings. Yeah, I treat yours pick, does too. You know, we pick films that people I, I don't know, like. Um, <laughs> Masters of the ready. Universe. Come on. Come on. There are people that, that like that film. <laughs> right, but like like. Masters of the Universe, RoboCop, these are all films that would like active cult fan bases. I have talked to a couple people I know, like, hey, we're going to do Mouse Hunt on the next episode. And they go, oh my gosh, I remember that. Mm. Like, there's no active Mouse Hunt fan community. But I think a lot of people have seen this oh. film, like, once. I lied. Uh, Pierce Gremlin's The New Batch is 71% in RT. I thought it was... Okay. No, yeah, I'm no. still I'm still certified that... fresh through this whole experiment. I, I apologize. <laughs> no, you're good. Wait till um, we get to like Fear and Loathing and or Life Aquatic because those are surprisingly like in the 40s or 50s. Really? I yeah. Despite for the this film, I did pull up uh, Roger Ebert's review of Mouse Hunt mm -hmm. from the time. Oh, uh, would go? you like to hear the first line? Absolutely. Mouse Hunt is not very funny. And maybe couldn't have been very funny, no matter what, because the pieces for comedy are not in place. Oh. In now, Roger Ebert's a man I respect, note, but I do disagree with him. And with that note, why don't you tell us a little bit about today's film? All right. Mouse Hunt is a uh, 1997 DreamWorks movie. Uh, mm -hmm. The one quick synopsis first. is... Yeah, uh, one of their first three. I think it's their second film. I think you're and right. We, we can talk more about that in a bit. Um, two stumblebum inheritors are determined to rid their antique house of a mouse who is equally determined to stay where he is. Uh, this is the uh, directoring debut of Gore Verbinski. Mm -hmm. Who I believe um, had done you... music videos before that? Yes. Yeah, he was very in. He tell. was directing a lot of music videos. <laughs> And uh, he would later go on to direct the uh, Parts of the Caribbean trilogy. And this film Rango. would later go on to inspire uh, the war between DeSantis and Mickey Mouse, another mouse he's trying to get rid of. I was sitting on that one all day. Boy, you, you really proud of that one? Uh, that egg's ready to hatch, you know. my boy. <laughs> you know, at the end of this movie where the mouse just moves to North Carolina for some reason... <laughs> And opens a cheese factory. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sure. Brad um, Bird must have seen the ending of this film at the very least. It's like, I can do something with that. <laughs> That's it. Uh, That's it. Disney was like, oh, oh, uh, all right. He's trying to get one on, get one over on us. Boom. Flip it. Who's so, he? So here's Mason? the thing. Your mortal enemy. Did what? Who's he? You know, Katzenberg. Quip, Mr. Quibby oh. himself. Mr. Quibby himself. <laughs> Mr. Quibby. The Quibster. Well, I so, find Gore Verbinski's career fascinating because you win Best Animated Feature for Ringo for one movie, and then your next movie mm. you're getting a Razzie for Worst Director for The Lone Ranger. Right? Like... Wow. And, like, he hasn't directed anything since that, uh... What is it? Cure for Wellness? Where... 
The the bad yeah. green goblin is like doing scientific experiments or something. I didn't yep. see it. Oh my gosh, that was him. Yeah, yeah that was his last, his last movie feature seven years ago. Yeah, I really want wow. him to like come back and direct something. I believe that was his follow up to Lone Ranger, and then he never made a movie again. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, because I mean, it was two whiffs. Yeah, uh, two whiffs. That was that was rough. Nine years ago, it, it, uh, a cure for wellness came out in 2016. Really? Yeah. That's not nine years ago. That was seven years ago. Oh, okay. Did my math, math wrong. We're, we're film majors. It's okay. There uh, you go. Well, let's follow this career trajectory. Mouse Hunt, The Mexican with Brad Pitt, The mm-hmm. Ring, a Pirates film. Trilogy. <laughs> with uh, The Crystal Method, that's a music video he directed, and The Weatherman in between oh, I forgot about Pirates the 1 and 2. The first film to bring Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Holt together. <laughs> it was the one chance for the weatherman to be relevant, and we took it. I know. I'm we like, did it. Ah, I knew that fact. Okay. So how many um, Verbinski movies have we seen? Because this man is interesting. Because I've seen this, obviously, the Pirates trilogy... The Ring. One more. Oh, Rango. Have That's you, it. Rango, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rango is definitely a film we're going to cover uh, eventually on this podcast. I've seen, yeah, five of them. I've seen The Pirates, Mouse Hunt, and Rango. Okay. I really want to see Lone Ranger. I've it seen took it. Disney Plus too. forever for some reason. I kind of want to watch it. I watched it at the uh, the Dome at, at campus. They had oh, it did they play it? At, yeah. Really? Anyway. Yeah, I think either... I, um, they did John Connor. I saw John Connor. John, there. I remember John Carter. Carter? John Connor is from Terminator. You're thinking of John Carter of Mars. <laughs> Another fun Disney flop that you're confusing with the Lone Ranger. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did my math wrong again. Oh, yeah. Man, the Lone Ranger, John Carter, and Tomorrowland. What a trilogy. Well, yeah. the thing with with the Lone Ranger, or at least how I had to experience it, was since it was shown at campus and as you all know, we went to a Christian school. I, it was like the, a chopped up edited version. Was really? So I think there were bits of it that were edited. That's what I, I seem to recall. I, I might be I wrong. And yet they play some... Snow White and the Huntsman in, in its full length. All right. I don't know, but uh, like all of a sudden a guy's ripping out and eating a man's heart. And I'm like, there has to be something I missed here. I mean, it is a PG-13 Disney movie too. So maybe... That's more, I mean, but also he opens up his third Pirates movie. It's like, well, this is a fun pirate swashbuckling. I had a kid just got hanged. We yep. were all in a very specific place in 2007. So where some people at Disney went, yeah, I think a white man could play a, a Native American. Ugh. I think that would work. Just put a bird on his head. Dead bird. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a good film. Honestly, it, tying this back to another episode, because it, it also has the same screenwriter, uh, Lone Ranger is a crappier version of Zorro. I swear oh, we talked yeah. about it on the Zorro yeah, episode if a you little smashed bit. Up, if you smashed up and whitewashed even more uh, the two Zorro films with Antonio Banderas, you would get Lone Ranger. Interesting. It is because it, it's all rinse and repeat, and because I honestly at that I I think the I think it's Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio 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 I don't know who did um, the Pirates movies and Shrek. Yeah, they like that is like how I knew like oh these guys these guys are like are done because they've 
they're just basically repeating plot points from their better stuff. And then I'm even surprised they haven't stuff. gone back to Shrek because that's such an easy like we did one of these. Our careers are tanking. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, they've been in the business for decades, so I don't know how much. And I, and I think Shrek's on a level of like, well, we don't need to go back to the original writers. This thing is self-sustaining. Yeah. <laughs> the power of the sun and the palm of my head. Yeah. yeah. Um, so back to Mouse Hunt. Um, yes. How would you describe ma- the tone of this movie? Because I think that's the most baffling thing. I forget who I've heard describe it, but it, it's a Terry Gilliam meets Laurel and Hardy movie. With a little bit of Coen Brothers and a little bit of the director who did that French director who did like Amelie and Delicatessen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Tim Burton. I, I love. I think that's the thing. Like, I think this is a great comedy. Period. But I think what really sells it is that weird tone. Yeah. Uh, see, here's the thing. Growing up. Um, for whatever reason, I could watch the Black Cauldron or the Don Bluth movies or uh, Labyrinth and not be bothered. Mm-hmm. But Matilda and Mouse Hunt specifically had that like dark, unpleasant sheen to them that like kept me far away from them. <laughs> I- oh yeah, no, this movie can definitely be very unpleasant. I I like talking to people that have seen it. I don't think there's anyone that doesn't have the mayor choking on a cockroach and dying like just burned into their brain somewhere well this comedy opens with a corpse being catapulted down a manhole amazing like yeah so the uh, film the smoking uncle from christmas vacation yeah (laughs) Yeah. The, the film opens with brothers played by nathan lane Mm-hmm. Uh, who you know from many films, uh, the producers, Lion King is Timon. Really, the producers of uh, the, the Birdcage. Bird there you go. I was just kind of trying to build up to his best role. That's fair. I mean, he's to his credit, Ari Aster. I'm not seeing that movie because I have enough anxiety and problems with my mother. But Nathan Lane shows up in it, and it's got a cool oh, cast. Right? Yeah. Truly a master of screen and stage. Oh, absolutely. Gomez? And then there's Lee Evans, yeah, who's Gomez. in about five films, yep. Yep. and then has not not really been in anything since like. Yeah, early I looked it up. I'm like Fifth Element guy, and nothing else. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> couple rom coms. He's really good in this movie, but he like has such a sincerity to him that like right? really carries the whole movie. <laughs> and it's weird because he, I looked up his stand up because he's a British stand up, huh. and he's just that like. My wife's really, oh, she annoys me, but I'm a big moron kind of guy. I'm like, this is, you don't have this vibe, sir. Britain has their own Kevin James. <laughs> it's it's weird. Um, but yeah, they play brothers in the film and it opens with their father who owns a string factory passing away and they're, they're carrying the coffin out of the church. It's raining. They're arguing. Uh, the handle on uh, Lee Evans' side breaks, and the coffin goes sliding down the stairs, hits the car, goes f- the body goes flying out and into a manhole. Can I can I say one thing while I'm thinking of it? Uh, this definitely comes from the, uh, the entire 90s, Home Alone, can we recreate that kind of slapstick cartoon phase? 
Yeah. Disney, I, I definitely think that's where it starts. Yeah, Disney and I want to say Fox bid on this. And I yes. bet you if Disney had done this, John Hughes and his flubber in 101 Dalmatians phase would have been pinning it, yeah, probably. I definitely think this wouldn't be as dark of a film, uh, especially if, if Gore Verbinski wasn't directing, because it has that freshman director edge to it. I mean, of, it's like a someone heck who of really wants to prove himself. For yeah. sure. But you make such a great point about like a lot of those 90 films have that kind of like humor, like almost brutal humor where if you think about mm-hmm. it, yeah, for a second after like yeah. like one second longer than you should, you're like, "Oh, Oh, and I mean, you get that in, you have that yeah. in Home Alone, you have that in the Adams so, Family movies. I, I, I want to go back to, uh, Tyler mentioned that there was a bidding war on this script between Fox and Disney, mm-hmm. and who should come by and say, <laughs> who is it, Mason? I'm going to get this. <laughs> DreamWorks has just been started. Someone hates someone at Disney, specifically Eisner. <laughs> no one else but Jeffrey Katzenberg comes along. And, and and Tyler sent this Mr. Do Revenge himself. Mr. Quibby himself. Mr. Quibby. <laughs> the Quibbler. And DreamWorks, the, the little studio that could for a bit, because they got Spielberg money, comes in and wins the bidding war. And then mm-hmm. t- Tyler even sent the teaser trailer in the group chat today. And it already it just starts with yep. a big middle finger to Disney. I don't that was like buried in the recesses of my mind. I'm like there was something that kept me far away from this movie, and on my VHS of the Chipmunk Adventure, <laughs> you have like a Land Before Time sing-along commercial. You have like an American Tale three commercial, and then you have Mouse <laughs> Christopher Walken's face being drugged through the stairs. I'm like, <laughs> well, that, and that's a thing. That's a thing. Like this isn't. I don't. I'm watching this. I'm like, this isn't. Doesn't feel like a kids movie. No, you have. I mean, you have the scene, that scene with, that scene with Walken, like, is frightening. Honestly, it's like, this is awful. I thought he died. I thought he died. (laughs) Then later, you've got, you've got the other guy reaching down, uh, like, grabbing boobies. So, I mean, like, this, why are we (laughs) playing with with his hand in a woman's shirt? eh. That's how you get, he's a great actor. He's like, I'm happy with this. Uh, but in the teaser trailer, the mouse, the mouse's silhouette is projected onto a wall with yep. uh, two olives, so it looks like Mickey's silhouette. He's in uh, this pose mm. here that I happen to have on a button. How do you have that? Toby found it for me <laughs> in, in Las Vegas. It's a now on That's video amazing. button. Oh my gosh. Well, there's even a weird like Hakuna Matata reference in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The worst joke in the movie, because I believe it's the actor who plays Pumbaa he's talking to. No, 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 no. Pumbaa's the uh, the exterminator or the person at the at the pound. Eric uh, Sabala. Is that him? Yeah, that's, that's Pumbaa. What is up with that pound, by the way? That was one of the more disturbing scenes. That's... It's like, why do we need like the the hazmat suits? <laughs> It's what so are you dark. doing in there? It's, it's the girl being dragged. So the, the boys, girl is like screaming. Yeah. We're, we're jumping around a bit, but at, at some point. Your target the, audience is crying within the film. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like don't only think. Child. I don't think this is a, 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 a movie meant for kids. I really don't. No. I think that's how PG it was marketed. Sure it means something like 20 years ago. Oh my gosh, almost yeah. 30 years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. So how how do we want to talk about it? Because we're kind of jumping around. Do we want to go through yeah, the plot, really, or do we want to hit like? Why don't we go through the plot? We never go actually go through okay. the plot in these in these things. Let's try it. All right. So yeah, it opens. He's had so a heart attack. To go through. Uh, the the boys inherit the father's string company, which is not doing well. Uh, Nathan Lane the wants to sell go. it. Lee Evans wants to keep it. Um, Nathan Lane is a. Um, it's like a like a fancy chef in town. Uh, his restaurant. We we can talk about this. Uh, when the father also leaves them a box. Well, like of, a Mike a Monty Python character is the mayor of this town or whatever, and comes in. Oh yeah. Uh, so so is that what that's a reference to? I don't think so. I just think they're <laughs> you know he's a big guy. He's had his third triple bypass. Uh, and he's like, I, you know, it's the Disgusting. eve of his reelection. He just wants yeah. to go have dinner. Nathan Lane is trying to prove himself because he feels like he never proved himself to his father. Uh, at the will reading, he's given a box of cigar, Cuban cigars that has a cockroach in it. And that cockroach, he doesn't know that, but the cockroach gets out in the kitchen, eventually making its way into the mayor's meal. The mayor oh cuts, oh uh, eats part of the cockroach while the other half runs around on the table to the chagrin of his daughters. And wife, and basically, it, it it looks like Nathan Lane has killed the mayor, so he's cast out in shame. Um, Which he gets a job at a diner really quickly the next after day. Some, such a PR fiasco. Yeah. Like it's still on the TV. It's like, yeah, I think this guy killed the mayor, and they're like, hey, you're on the TV again. I'm like, <laughs> how did you get hired so quick? Just at some crummy diner. Uh, so. But eventually, but we're used to cockroaches killing people there again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the boys also receive this this old house um, that they think you know it's worth nothing. Uh, the bank they already owe money uh, on it, and but to their surprise, it's the lost Larue, Charles Lyle Larue, Chesty Larue, who who is like this like you know artisan homemaker. And uh, this is like the one house that no one could find. Uh, they call that an architect. Thank you. I did my math wrong. Um, so, so they it's realize like the disgusting mansion from Casper. So I don't know right? why anybody would be spending ten million dollars on this house. Like, I think that's one thing. It's like it's not a whimsical Tim Burton house or anything. It just feels like a creaky old mansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but isn't that what like all these? you know, boring rich people would want to buy. It's just the name know, attached. It's like, not the condition of the house necessarily. Yeah, they don't really, yeah, they don't care. Well, and the thing is, the thing is, you you forget to mention, they, he, the dad, before he died, he bought it off of the, bought it when the last guy was found dead in a box. No, not dead, crate. not dead. He, he, But he was locked in a chest and sent to say, an asylum. Does this mouse have a they, body count? <laughs> no, not dead. Wait, 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 wait. He just does. attempted murder. No, no, no. They, I've wa- I watched this film twice because there were two different recording sessions so far apart that we just didn't make. Uh, <laughs> um, my bad. You, you, no, no, it's my fault too. You look at the paper and it, you see that he goes to an insane asylum, the the original owner of the house. And I think that I think it's implied that it's Charles Lyle Larue, uh, be, and that's why this house is lost. It's because he okay, went insane and couldn't tell anyone I finished my trip? final okay. project. Okay, because yeah, because I thought, I thought Larue just went insane and the last owner got. No, I, 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 I think they're one in the same. 
Yeah, no, that makes more sense. Yeah, this movie doesn't bother to explain the mouse. What is this? What is this force of nature trapped in the body of a mouse? Trickster demon. Yeah. Yeah. Are all animals this this smart in this universe? (laughs) I mean, not the cat seems to be doing pretty well. The mouse is definitely better than smarter than everyone else in this movie. Yeah. I mean, for a vermin, they did pick a cute little mousy. Yeah, and it's like 60 different field mice that they trained from birth for this. It's animatronic, it's CGI, it's real, like, it's impressive. Yeah. There's a lot of great practical stuff throughout this movie. So the boys try and decide that they're going to clean up the house and sell it for as much money as possible. Uh, One of the guys... Almost to their detriment, where they could have gotten out a couple different times. They could have just taken 10 million and been fine. And, and like that that scene, so it's uh we have character actor Michael Jeter, who's one of my favorites, uh in from it. From the from Elmo's world. Yeah, or Airbud and uh another <laughs> actor known for more of his stage things. So let's see, Alexander Falco, who's a wealthy LaRue collector, is like trying to buy it off him and they like Nathan Lane being oh, the con Mr. man. Oh, Mr. Pitt from Seinfeld. Is that who that is? Shows up as the auctioneer. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, oh, at the very yeah. end, yep. Um, that he's also played him and Tim Curry uh, played Palpatine on the Clone Wars. That's, yep, there's your fun fact. Two very different voice actors for sure. Um, but it, like, so one of my favorite comic beats is just how they're willing to just sit on an actor, not, kind of frozen in reaction. So when uh, Falco tells him, "I've never paid more than ten million for a house," and it just has you- that camera push in as they're quietly like stunned. I think that's that's a great quiet comedic moment. And that actor was in Zorro. Uh Mari Chaikin? Chaikin? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's the uh he's the guy, he's the one military guy who's there when uh Raphael comes back. He's having his he's having that dream and he's like, "Quick, hide in the barn. He's coming." And then the, gets the water splashed on him. He's like, "Stop. Who are you? Don't touch me." So, look, at we're making all the connections tonight. See? No kidding. This is really the Nexus piece. So, so most of the film is them trying to fix up the house while trying to kill the mouse and being horribly thwarted throughout. No, most of the film is the mouse destroying the house, and then somehow we hand wave away how they manage to fix all that damage. With no money, At one point, they the just blow a huge hole in the floor with a bug bomb and a rifle. Oh, yeah. Shotgun. And then, like, the next day, it's like, well, we fixed it all up. I'm like, how? Well, you, Literally, how? You see them, like, covered up with a carpet and a couple boards. Like, like they're not saying they did anything amazing. And if you even look around at the auction, it's still really gross and cobwebs and wallpaper, you know, pulling away from the wall. I, I think that's, I really love, I don't know, the texture of this film. It feels really grimy. And compared yeah. to most modern comedies, where it's all very bright and shiny and nice. Oh, no, yeah, there's definitely a style to it. Yeah. That, and, I mean, no comedies have any style anymore. It's such a weird film, and, and it's not the only one, but it's this weird film outside of time uh, from this era. Because oh, you have things that look like they're in the 30s. Mm-hmm. You have things that look like they're in, like, a weird, grimy 70s. And then... Other things that make it obviously like, well, quote unquote, present day 90s. Um, But it's like because there are things like that even in um, what's it called? Mystery Men. 
yeah. uh, that like old timey stuff. Yeah. Like, cause you have well, like old Mystery fashioned Men's... reporters running around in that, and then well, Mystery Man's doing a, a a bit on the recent Batman movies, which kind of started like the tip, like the '89 Batman kind of started the out of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pastiche. I yeah. think. Yeah, I, I think Batman is a really good comparison because in my mind, I connect this with like Batman the Animated Series, which is another show that's kind yeah. of outside of time. And I, yeah. right, yeah, I just really like that they went for this aesthetic. I love it. I love. I think there should be more films that are kind of like this sort of weird mm-hmm. outside of time thing where you have a mishmash of, uh, like like you said, Tyler, pastiche. Um, mm-hmm. I. I don't know. It gives it such a, a a grimy texture, like you said. And I think that's and why it it sticks in my mind so much. Yeah, yeah. I I, I can totally also, go ahead. No, no, it's it's fine. I I just it it feels inherently foreign yet familiar. Mm-hmm. I think because of that. Yeah, um, that's why I made like the uh, the weird French director who did Amelie and Alien Resurrection and, uh-huh. and Delicatessen. It's like. It does feel weirdly foreign because, like, an American director going that stylized in 1997 yeah. Yeah. for a comedy is just not going to happen. <laughs> and I, I, like, I totally understand why people can be very, uh, find this film very off putting. But that's also what, well, what because we were me children when it came out. I think is more the thing. It's like, oh, is that the cockroach movie or is that the movie where Christopher Walken gets dragged down the stairs? Like, I think there's like real brutal stuff that's going to stick with a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. I think that's the thing. It, it does slapstick really well. But I think I think it's what like Mason said, where like if you stop and think about it, it's it's horrifying. Oh, no, it's absolutely. Absolutely sadistic. Like this is sociopathic, in my opinion. That's me. I don't. Well, I don't I think. I, I, I think, think it's part it of the Home Alone effect. Moment. If you apply cartoon physics to real life, it's not funny. It looks painful, but, and like the movie Saw. Yeah, but I'd argue at the same time, like if you think about the Three Stooges for a bit, like that, those are painful acts. They figured out a way to do them where they're you know they're breakaway plates. They're not actually poking each other in the eye, but. When you have that kind of physical violence, uh, and, and I do think, I think the 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 difference there is, you know, with the Three Stooges, they're cartoonish in in nature, and they're you know, do doing a whoop 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 whoop, and you know, you take you don't take them seriously. You have, I don't know, I I feel like Christopher Walken's really playing it straight. Yeah. Christopher Walken, he's weird, he's goofy. But he's playing mm-hmm. it straight. So when all of this happens and it's being played straight where he, you know, right. you see this whole thing getting set up and he's kind of getting drawn into the mouse's trap. And then all of a sudden, boom, and he's getting dragged screaming. Like, I, I take that seriously. And I'm laying in bed watching this like, I'm not going to have good dreams tonight. Well, and also and the I three didn't. stooges aren't on like a gurney with like a neck brace bleeding <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought part of it. I forgot that part. I thought he was dead. I thought that was it. That's fair. <laughs> Until he showed up, well, I was like, "Oh my god, he should be dead." Nathan Lane being shot out of the house into the freezing pond should be dead immediately. But that's a great callback because he lands right in the tub that they fell down the stairs and flew right into the frozen lake earlier. Funny. It's, that was funny. It's such a good callback. Like I think the the rhythm of the comedy in this is so well done. 
I will give you, like, when Nathan Lane comes back from that in the house and they're both, like, traumatized. Like, oh. <laughs> Amazing. Like, that felt very old school comedy. Mm-hmm. And that kind of yes. lightened up, like, the brutality of it. Yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and I think that whole thing was so over the top. That, that again, especially. That was, yeah, ridiculous. So you're like, okay, yeah. yeah so at the end of the film, uh, the, somehow the brothers and the mouse become come together, and they end up opening a ch- a string cheese factory. I think we yada yada a lot to get to a happy ending. Maybe as like a studio note, right? I feel like this was like the only thing from the first draft that stayed in because that is a very family film ending. Oh yeah. It's like I like the mouse has like a little chef's hat and they're like friends. Yeah. And like, uh, I would squish that little. <laughs> sorry, we can bleep that out. But like, I don't, I don't well, care how rich you make me. You throw me out of a house into a frozen lake, I squash. <laughs> when you're not looking. Uh, oh man. Oh, but like, like even I think the. The brother's paranoia about the mouse is set up well, especially Nathan Fillion, because his life has already been ruined by one Nathan vermin Fillion. before. Nathan Fillion. Nathan Lane. <laughs> because I don't know how you confuse those two things. I don't know. But uh, because Nathan Lane's life has already been ruined by one vermin before, I think it makes him extra paranoid about having a mouse in the house. No. And it's what drives oh, yeah. him to these extremes. Like, there is logic in this crazy film yeah yeah there is i want to say i do not hate this this isn't another loop in attention like you have presented a very interesting <laughs> film i figured at least the tone would 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 be something you'd enjoy weirdly i could see this getting a cult following in like a criterion release one day where people like reevaluate because like the filmmaking to tell this weird story in this weird world is like really too good almost mm-hmm. yeah like the scene of like even as a kid like i vividly remember like i think that was in the trailer too where they're like he's just stapling the new like trimming but you like see like the nails come in oh on yeah the mouse and like like it's really intense mm-hmm yeah, that that was scary for me, and I think that's what threw me as a kid. And and Ebert actually talks about this in his review. You don't know who you're supposed to root for, at all. It is one of those movies because I'm like, this mouse is kind of a psychopath, and right. But Nathan Lane's also kind of a dirtbag. Yeah, so I'm like do oh, we yeah. just like the one brother? <laughs> because as a kid, you want to root for the mouse, but at the same time, we spent all the all this time building up the brothers. And so, but the brothers aren't exactly likable outside of some elements of Lee Evans. Mm -hmm. So who are you supposed to be rooting for? And I think it's kind of both. You're kind of rooting for them to come together. You're just rooting for misery, I guess. (laughs) Rooting for comedy, really. Comedy. Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. (laughs) I mean, some of this stuff's impressive. Like, what kind of psychopath filmmaker would actually set up all those mousetraps? And that's all practical too. When they fill the know, whole room like, with mouse traps and it all, they all go those off. Poor prop guys. <laughs> yeah, it could not have been fun. Like I would not be sleeping on that filthy mattress. Like I don't care how poor I am. Like that, someone definitely died on that mattress. <laughs> um, like, at least put a sh- fitted sheet on there or something, Nathan Lane. <laughs> so um, before we move on, I, I, one thing I want to start talking about with these films is why we feel like maybe they didn't connect with people. 
when they were originally released. And I I think definitely this being marketed as a family film is one of the reasons it didn't connect with an audience. But it made money. It did. It was made. That's crazy. It had a budget of thirty eight million, and it made a total gross of sixty, almost sixty two million. And it got released in December of ninety seven, and I think it ran until July. Well, it's technically a Christmas movie. Yeah. Oh, I mean, at the very start, yeah, it's definitely a Christmas movie. Thirty-seven million and one hundred twenty-five worldwide. Like that's yeah. pretty good. And I think a lot of the reason uh, that this kind of like it had a good financial run, but maybe didn't stick with people, is because it was released the same weekend as Titanic. Oh, I think you need like your Puss in Boots. I think you need your uh, your family friendly alternative when the James Cameron movie Behemoth is running, right? It, it, like Puss in Boots, I think it's still in some theaters. Yeah, I, I think it just. Re- I don't know what the uh, original Avatar would have had running. I don't know at the time. Yeah, it, it's interesting just from a DreamWorks perspective. Like it worked out for them, but like Peacemaker, the Peacemaker, which is their first film they released, still in theaters. Spielberg's Amistad had come out, I think, the week before. So like all three of those movies are in the top ten of that weekend. Huh. So, yeah, it, it like they're all doing well, but I feel like you're almost cannibalizing your market by like having your three films out at this this close yeah. proximity. Well, either that, yeah. either that, or I mean, they're an infant company and they're trying to figure out what you know what's, what's going to stick. stick. So why don't we release yeah. them all out pretty much at the same time? So you're dealing with the same variables, mm-hmm. same market. So. Put them all in at the same time. Which one's going to take off? Which one's going to do terrible? Let's do, you know, a big prestige piece with Amistad, you know, with, you know, your Academy Award kind of thing. Let's do a family mishmash thing with Mouse Hunt, you know? Yeah. Does DreamWorks exist outside of animation anymore? Yeah. It does. It it does? I I think they might distribute some films, but, like, DreamWorks and DreamWorks Animation are not technically owned by the same Weird. people. I think Universal owns really? DreamWorks now. Animation, uh, yeah. Huh. DreamWorks Animation, yeah, specifically. Well, like, even, like, the first DreamWorks animated movies, like, just had the standard DreamWorks logo, like Shrek, Prince of Egypt, Dance. I love the old logo. Like, the do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh. oh, for sure. I love that jingle. And I was actually talking with... I was talking with... Um, Josh, I was talking with you about it the other day. Um, there's another dream, early DreamWorks film from this era. I think it's just a little bit later, maybe a year later, maybe two years, called Pauly. And I think I mentioned it to you as oh, well. Oh, the bird movie. The bird movie. And I think that's a much better family-friendly, animal-centric film. Because that that makes sense like as a family film and, and all that yeah. jazz, you know? Uh, but I, did you that know, go theatrical? Like I remember seeing that I'm video sure. everywhere, but I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it went theatrical. And and Josh, I know I told you that that is. I know you have that. It's cool to be kind. Uh, letterbox uh, review. Yeah. Letterbox list. Uh, mm-hmm. List. I think Polly is a, a great film for that list. And honestly, Apparently, I know I s- I know yeah. I saw it, but I literally do not remember anything about it. You gotta see it again, dude, because yeah. it is. My, my goal a, was to watch Polly and uh, Peter Pan and Wendy. 
Oh, and I, I didn't boy. get around to either of them before we uh, we're before gonna we could talk record. about Peter Pan and Wendy in a minute because I know we're rounding out our our mouse hunt hour. Is there anything else you guys want to say about mouse hunt before we move on? Um, is this in your top one hundred or is this just yeah. one you wanted to do? You no, know, it's definitely in my top one hundred. Definitely lower, but like it's such a unique For film. Sure. I I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um. I. I might be four star as three right now, just because it, it's a very off-putting comedy. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely things about it I found funny. I don't know if I laughed, but I was amused the whole time. It, it's definitely one of those films I think can have like a mean streak to it. It's very mean and, and dark. Yeah, and I think I think if you can accept it. Uh, as being that, I, I think you're gonna have a good time if you watch it. It's on Amazon Prime right now. If you if you want to go check mm-hmm. it out, yeah. and 4K for some reason, which is wild. It, it like just got a Blu-ray Blu-ray release in like the past couple uh. years. I really want to get one. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's a it's definitely a strange little film. Um, and it yeah, it does have some. It's I don't know. It's just so weird, but it's not it's not terrible. It's definitely not terrible. So that that is 1997's Mouse Hunt. It might not be for you, but it was definitely for me. <laughs> I promise I'm going to pick a movie that you guys love sooner or later. I like I like this one. I much prefer this. To, uh, this is way more interesting to talk about than Tintin or uh, what's his name? Lupin. Lupin. Yeah. Lupin. Technically better movies, but like this is this was something else. <laughs> It's borderline experimental. <laughs> like if the Coen brothers made like a Looney Tunes movie. <laughs> I, and I love it. I love it. All right. Um, so Mason and I both had yeah. topics we wanted to touch on. Did we want to speak on any like trailers or movie news specifically before we did that? I know when last we, we when we did our last episode. I mean, let, let, let's get Oops. personal for a minute here. Let, let's let get personal. All right. personal. Our last recording let's get dangerous. was two months ago. Mm-hmm. A lot has, has happened since then. I mean, we've had a bit of a hiatus for, for a lot of things going on. So Oops. Not our biggest hiatus. No, thankfully. Not our biggest. Well, praise God. Uh, not even our second biggest hiatus. So, you know, I think we're, we're really, uh, I think we're looking good here, guys. Um, do, you, do you want to talk about that at all? Or do you wanna... I had a kid. Yeah, no, that's that's all it is. Okay, all right. We well, wanted to make sure Tyler could a, have some paternity leave from the show. My baby boy, yes, my baby boy arrived three weeks early, and uh, we were originally supposed to get one more out before now, so you wouldn't even notice we were gone. But that didn't end up uh, happening. Timing. Uh, I know your yeah. boy's got it already. <laughs> so that's gonna limit. Kind of what I can see. That's it's already been limiting what I can see theatrically. Uh, but but thankfully we're not a podcast that focuses on theatrically releasing I know. movies. Yeah. The wife, the wife's uh, folks are coming to stay with him Saturday, uh, so I could, so we could see Guardians. So I'm excited for that. Nice. I might take a Marvel break and just watch everything else on Disney Plus from this point on, yeah. unless it really interests me. I'm not sure. Not that the Marvels doesn't look good. I'm not in that crowd. Like, I'm like, that's a fun premise. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's just getting harder and harder to, to rush out and see things. Yeah. Oh, but I might, but I kind of want to see that Batman movie also starring The Flash. 
<laughs> uh, I I still cannot get that excited for it. Like it's crazy to me that everyone coming out of Cinecon's like one of the best superhero movies ever made. I just a lot of people have been saying yeah, that. Yeah. I d- yeah. Like I'm not nostalgic for Michael Keaton's Batman at all. And well, that's your that's problem. Your problem. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's fine in the role, but like like but no- nothing that I love about his Batman movies seems to be returning. There's no hint of that Tim Burton aesthetic. There. He doesn't murder anyone. <laughs> he doesn't put dynamite in anyone's pants. We don't know that. He might try and do that to one of the Kryptonians. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't record General Zod on a little CD and then play it back for a town hall <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, I never said that. Why does everyone bring vegetables to these things? Imagine they bring back Danny DeVito's penguin and he just bites off Zod's nose. I've heard there's a ton of cameos, so it's not outside of the realm of possibility. I I think they're bringing a lot of people back from the dead with CGI. Oh. Oh, no. We learned all the wrong lessons from No Way Home, but I'm not surprised. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like Thomas Hayden Church and uh, What's-His-Face from Notting Hill don't feel like showing up on set. It's just made from computers now. It's fine. He's, yeah. a, he's an actual Sandman now. It's fine. Do we want to talk about CinemaCon at all? Uh, do you have anything you want to say from it? I, like, I I really took away surprised with the Flash reaction. Uh, we could talk about Craven, how it's going to be hard R. Speaking they of biting off noses, Craven bites a man's nose, nose off and spits it into the camera. He does? Nuh-uh. Yep. And do you know who the villain of the Craven movie will be? Uh, I am the Rhino. Rhino. Sadly, oh. not Paul Giamatti, but the Rhino will be. Oh, I be- thought it was. Huh? I thought it still was Paul Giamatti. That would have been great. Not from what I heard. I heard he like actually transforms into a Rhino in this, and I don't think I don't think Giamatti's going to be interested in that. Uh, Plus, I think oh. Sony's still like really hesitant to just say, "And this is in the Amazing Spider-Man movies." Yeah. I mean, after Mickey Morbius, I'm like, maybe just let it be its own universe. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think Andrew probably feels the same way. Yeah. Spider-Verse is looking great. Yeah. Um, very excited yep. for that. Yeah. yeah. It looks great, but exhausting. If, if somebody does something right, everybody's going to follow suit. Now we have a Ninja Turtles movie that looks exactly like Spider-Verse. And but it doesn't look bad. Puss in Boots looks exactly like Spider-Verse. I, I think it has. Puss in Boots put its spin on yeah. it, where it's more like painted, mm-hmm. which I like. Yes, but Ninja Turtles looks exactly like Spider Verse. Yeah. Mm. Uh, do we want to talk about Wish? No, it looks bad. It does, and I hate. I hate that it's getting credit for like it looks like a two D animated film. No, no it, it doesn't. Doesn't it looks do like you know if what you cell shading is? It yeah. looks like Paper Man if you didn't put in as much effort. Like like the lines are so thin yeah. and you could barely see them. I liked it. I just, I don't know, man. I The Disney CEO liked it? Unofficially. <laughs> uh, Would you let Bob Iger adopt you? I think we're, I think we're past that point. Honestly, I drive around. Oh. I drive around. I was driving around just the other day thinking about what I would say to him if I ever met him. And I came up with... Zoom, oh, so. Thinking about Wish. <laughs> just driving well, around. The goat talks. <laughs> He's Alatonic. Um, I think the music sounds. Uh, I'm. I'm not. I don't. I don't know. I'm on the fence, but it sounds promising. Um, I like that it looks at this moment 
like mm-hmm. uh, Chris Pine is going to be a villain outright, a traditional Disney villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't had one of those mm-hmm. in over a decade, and I miss that. Um, so that's good. Uh, what? I'm sorry it's new, Tyler. Um, <laughs> you haven't liked any of the Disney movies lately either. I know that. Like, I want to say since grumbling. like... You're grumbling. Arguably, about, like, Ralph breaks the internet or Frozen Two. Is they've been on a downward spiral? Like I like Ralph breaks the internet. I think Encanto's okay. I didn't particularly like Raya or Strange World, but like I haven't been blown away by any of it. And this doesn't look like it's gonna fix any of that. And I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I um, gave Strange World a fair shot and was bored the entire time. Right. That felt like a movie written by Chat GPT. That and, did, and, didn't it? Yeah, not to mention, like, you know, Disney's trying to be like, we're celebrating a hundred years of animation oh, and and God. they won't even acknowledge that their animators are trying to unionize. Mm. They they, they well, won't why would they do that? It's only a company built on the backbones of animators. But I right. mean, that's always been literally that that's I mean, as it was in Walt's day, so too is it today. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, as of the day of our recording, uh, the writer strike has just happened. Yes, I, I want to say yeah. we are in solidarity with that. Solidarity with that. I can't talk tonight. Anyway, solidarity, my brothers. Solidarity. Mm-hmm. I've written things. So I, I, it, we'll we'll go into another year of like you know Transformers two and things like that. But I think it's worth it so that these people are paid you know a wi- a living wage. Yes. I think the visual effects artist should be next because, oh my gosh, those poor people. Yeah. And I, I think I think studios are aware Can of that. Can you imagine if they went on strike, though? Like, what the hell is Hollywood going to do? Practical <laughs> effects? Studio executives are stupid. Like, you, you, did you see what Joe Russo said? Uh, no, yeah, part of his quote that. said, uh, you could say... You could save the AI on your streaming platform. I want a rom-com starring my avatar and Marilyn Monroe's avatar, and it renders a story with dialogue that mimics your voice. This coming from a man that hasn't directed anything good uh, that wasn't, like, thoroughly produced and written by other people. Every Russo original project has been awful. I saw someone make the joke that if you want to see an AI written film, watch The Gray Man. That's fair. Or Ghosted. Or Cherry. Oh, was that them? Yeah, that that was their film right after Endgame. Tom Holland robs a bank or something? Yeah. Whatever that movie was about. Why is it called Cherry? I don't care. No one did. <laughs> like Blue Beetle looks like a lot of fun. Blue Beetle does look like a lot of fun. It looks okay. I don't know. The the um the Blue Beetle trailer looked just so-so to me. I, I'm a big Ted Court Blue Beetle fan. So it was really f- like, mm. you know, I, I got my my member berries because like you can see his costume in the back. They're flying the bug. And I also, I, yeah. I really uh-huh. like the idea of making the family part of this. Yeah. I, I think that's such a unique aspect to to a, a superhero movie to have uh, this this. Hispanic family heavily involved. You can't keep secrets from them. They're all going to be in this together. I, I think it looks mm-hmm. fun. Oh yeah, it looks fine. Yeah. And, and and to keep that that average person a part of the film, I think is so important. Where Marvel films tend to focus only on the heroes and not 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 your average every 
ordinary everyday person. Miss Marvel. And I, I liked uh, what I saw of Miss Marvel, and I think it's very visually distinct as well from the other MCU. If projects. they could, yeah, man, that was one of their better shows too. So if they could have just kept that level of quality, and like that ability to kind of step back, like I think the the Spider Man movies tried to do that, like step back, like what's a normal person thing about all this superhero infested world? But then Spider Man like had to keep telling bigger and bigger stories, obviously. Mm-hmm. So. I found yeah. that one refreshing. And I, have a, I she's the reason I'm most excited for the Marvels, honestly. Yeah, and I, I really like yeah. the director. I think she's really good. Uh, she, mm-hmm. she like, openly told Kevin Feige, hey, you know that, like, five-second scene where all the women got together in Endgame? That's that's not it, man. We got we to gotta try harder than good that. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah, she was just on uh, an episode of Blank Check talking about a Danny Boyle film. And the the hosts are like, hey, you know, your Marvel movie doesn't come out for like three months. Are you sure you want to be saying this on mic? And she goes, oh, I already told it to their faces. It's fine. Good for them. Yeah. It's like people can detect like fakeness and pandering. Oh, yeah. 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 Speaking of fakeness and pandering. What a segue. (laughs) I watched Peter Pan and Wendy. Oh, oh, from the director of The Green Knight and A Ghost Story? Yes. And Pete's Dragon? Yes. Pete's Dragon was nothing great, but I don't think anyone was expecting anything fantastic. Pete's Dragon wasn't that uh-huh. great. Was any wasn't anything great the first time. I don't know how it became so popular. I blame home video. And they didn't put Mickey Rooney in this one. Come on. He's still a, you ha- He was still he around was still at that there. Point, right? Yeah, he still walked yeah. the earth at that time. Come on, wheel him out. Um, Tim man. Yeah, so Tim man. on a lark, I popped on Peter Pan and Wendy, because as you guys know, I'm a bit of a Peter Pan fan. A Peter fan, if you will. Um, do you, now Mason, real quick, do you feel like you have to have an opinion on these movies for your, uh, what's it called? TikTok. Oh, no, what, do you, Mickey, uh, what do you do? Real quick, Mickey Rooney died in 2014. The movie released in 2016. I was wrong. Oh, you silly gooses. Will him out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just walk by the gravestone. No. Come on. You know what else came out in 2016? Rogue One. Anything's possible. Throw him in there. <laughs> um, but, no, yeah. but yeah, Mason, for your for your... For your TikTok channel and your deep dives and all that, do you feel like you have to have an opinion on all all these? Like, did you sit through Pinocchio? I did not sit through Pinocchio. There's like a line. There's a line of what I'm interested in and what I feel like is going to be like, I don't know what I, I, there's like a certain line where it's like, is it worth it for me? I love, I grew up loving Peter Pan. Um, and yeah, I do. Hook's I do your the favorite Disney, Disney villain, right? Hook, yeah, Hook is my favorite Disney character. Um, period. Yeah, he's been. Uh, I'm hopefully by the end of this year, I'm gonna on my wrist here. I'm gonna be getting uh, a Hook tattoo. <laughs> I thought um, you were gonna say hopefully by the end of the year, I'm gonna take this wrist here and just like cut off, amputate this hand and <laughs> oh put a Hook. <laughs> No, um, I, so I grew up watching, you know, the Disney Peter Pan. I grew up watching mm-hmm. Hook, uh, you know, because that was very much of our era. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like when I was 10. Peter Pan and the Pirates with Tim Curry. I watched a little bit of that. It was like, mm-hmm. I, 
it was you know TV was weird back then. We didn't know when things were all, oh, like sure. we were children also. Uh, Did you like the O three one? Well, I, yeah, I was just about to say I love the O three one, and I think that is of straight Peter Pan uh, adaptation. That's kind of the gold standard, I think, uh, of Peter Pan and Peter Pan and Jason films. Hooks the best, but just for an adaptation of the book, I think the two thousand three version is is. Head and shoulders above uh, all the all the rest. Now, uh, what did you think of Pan? I have and I, Wendy. No, I, um, oh, of Pan. No, Pan. Entertain I us. Did, did not watch it. I've heard nothing good about it except for one person two days ago said that they actually like that, but they've never seen Hook or <laughs> the two thousand three version. So I'm like, did they oh, catch well, it on TNT one afternoon? I. I have the same morbid curiosity of watching that film as I do The Lone Ranger. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't no, know absolutely why I've seen it. I think when I when I moved back from college, I had an old friend from high school, and we just rent whatever from the Red Box, like Geostorm and Pan, just to be like, we like bad movies, why not? <laughs> um, but yeah, An- I, another I, I, film that has white people playing uh, Native Americans. Geostorm? Yeah. No, Pan. <laughs> they whitewash all, all, all the indigenous people in that. Yeah. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix's wife or something. I didn't know he was married to Rooney Mar. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mara. I, I, I can't tell anybody that would want to put up with that all the time, but there you go. <laughs> put up with Joaquin or, or Rooney? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, is he troublesome? Fine. I don't know. Is, is he troublesome? <laughs> Uh, look up, there's like this famous like interview he did for Brother Bear where he just goes full existential and, and butthole on them. And I'm like, that's just who Walking Phoenix is outside of things. Like he goes to the Oscars and acts like he doesn't want to be there, but still is like, well, then why'd you go? He has a great, you know, so you can lecture me about drinking milk. Like, Okay. <laughs> Uh, and I love Inherit Vice. I love this man in, in, in certain things. Uh, but just... A I, joker. He's one of those guys that just... I can't... No. Tyler's like, wow, no. this, I can I can relate to this guy. Okay, Winnie. <laughs> That's good. He <laughs> speaks think, to me. But you've had sex before. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh. Oh, what a dumb movie. <laughs> Excited for that sequel? No. At least it seems more interesting than like, oh, I've seen Taxi Driver. What if, what if, what if it's Taxi Driver meets A Star is Born? Yeah, what if Travis Bickle sings? <laughs> <laughs> he can talk, he can talk. I can sing. <laughs> I hate every pimp I see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they'll never make a joker out of me. <laughs> all right, all right. So, Mace, we gotta, we right. gotta, we gotta wrap it up soon. Thoughts <laughs> on Pan and Wendy. Wendy? What did you think? Oh my gosh, it was awful. It was the most <laughs> boring milk toast thing I have seen in a long time. I have never so seen a, a Disney film. live action remake. In short, <laughs> yes, no, absolutely. I know it was so bad, guys. It like. When I say Neverland, what do you think of? Neverland. Like, Michael Jackson. Describe it for me. Describe what Neverland is, <laughs> is 
Oh God. A very whimsical, <laughs> colorful forest, like like the hundred acre wood on LSD. Okay. Bangarang. Bangarang. Yeah. No. So let's take that small take, sets in London. Idea, let's take the idea of that, and let's just take you to the the desolate moors of Scotland, where it's nothing but blank fields and rocks and cliffs. And that's that's Neverland now. And let's make sure the guy that- who directed the Green Knight, you say, yeah, incredible. <laughs> there are some colorful scenes in the Green Knight. No, there's not. <laughs> there was this part that I I had to laugh out loud because I they get there and Peter's like, "Is it everything you imagined?" And when he's like, "I could never have imagined this," I'm like, "Who the would?" It was so bad. Children in London in in the early nineteen hundreds. It's like it's just as gray and dank as home. There seems to be a bit less smoke, but that's nice. And then the thing is, the thing is, they name it Peter Pan and Wendy. And Uh the thing is, it's like they're constantly doing that, like insincere. We're trying to give Wendy more agency. When the whole thing originally was from her point of view. Yeah, it, it's it, all about Wendy learning much... to what it means to be a grown-up. Exactly. So then they come in with this ham-fisted thing, but they can't go all the way with ham-fisting uh, this whole oh. thing on Wendy. Well, uh, no, I, I added some other verbs in between there. Um, <laughs> noun, pronoun, noun, pronoun. Are you insisting on a fisting? <laughs> But then they also have to create, because again, no one can be that bad in these films anymore. Um, So Tinkerbell is just there. She's not mean. She's not, she's nothing. She's just there because she has to be. You're not Julia Roberts. You're nothing to me. She does nothing. So it's like, what's the point of having her? And then Hook, they add this whole backstory where Hook was the first lost boy. And he missed his mother, so he went to go... Pan fu- did that! Oh my god. <laughs> I swear, Pan did that! My so name's James Hook. And yeah. he got banished by Peter, but then he comes back and has this grudge. So he has this whole thing, and I can't tell, I can never tell if Jude Law is trying to go for like a subdued, like low-key Hook, or he just doesn't want to be there. I believe You either. should see the Fantastic Beasts movie. Oh, oh, I can only imagine. Like, he doesn't do anything but, re- like, over-the-top franchise films anymore. So... Uh, just wait. Sherlock, Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, Holmes 3, 3, one of these days, kid. Yep. There's no point happen. anymore. There's no point anymore. It's, it's been, been way too like long. like 20 years. Yeah, it's seriously, it's been over a decade 15 now. years, but still, that's a long time. A yeah. long time for Sherlock Holmes to be dead. Yeah. So I'm like, what's the Oh, point? yeah, I forgot that's how that Yeah, <laughs> so like, why even go back like, to that? He's like, look at me, I'm a chair, and that's just how we end. He's been hiding there for 15 years now. <laughs> he just sat in that chair and he never... He didn't even move when they had to reupholster him. 15 years. <laughs> but yeah. I thought you were dead. But, but Mason, but anyways, I need to know, I need to know, how is yeah. Jim Gaffigan as Shmi? So bad. Forgot about he that. is so they, again. That. There's nothing. It's a joyless, mirthless, 
personalityless film. The only kid that's the only actor that I think is giving a good performance is Wendy. She's not given good material, but she Oh, little defi- Mia Jovovich. Fine, why not? Um the kid I, I just think, her daughter. I, I oh, think really? she looks so yeah. funny in this movie because like everyone's like Hardcore pirate design, and then there's just Shmee, who looks like Jim Gaffigan dressed as Shmee from the cartoon. Yeah, but they don't give him anything to work with. Like, again, there's nothing. And the thing is, it feels like it's just a, they they wake up one night, Peter Pan's there, they take them to Leverland, Hook captures them, they get uncaptured, and they come home. That's it. That's the film. That's the movie? That's the movie. They didn't even even, have the decency to be as interesting as Peter Pan 2 where Hook flies through Nazi airplanes. Right? That was so cool. That alone is... <laughs> I said I wouldn't harm a hair on his head, and this is the one I hooked <laughs> on. <laughs> but, the, like, they, again, it's just... It, it's so boring. And the thing, they also, they relegate the crocodile to just the scene in Skull Rock. Like, he can't leave Skull Rock. So, what's the point? Of anything with Hook. Why would Hook ever go to Skull Rock then? Exactly! Why does he take him there if that's the one place that the crocodile can go? Or does the crocodile just randomly stop chasing them? I don't know. Because it, it like, he's just, oh, the crocodile's gone. And then you don't see huh. him again for the rest of the film. That's it. Hook falls into the water later on. They go, drop the kids back off in Neverland, or uh, in London... He comes back, Peter comes back and picks up Hook out of the water. Like they're just chilling in the water and like a... You mean you don't get to see Jude Law just skipping across the water after being shot out of a crocodile's <laughs> mouth? That's what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Or even even uh, what they did with Jason Isaacs where he just realizes he's done and he just crosses his arms and goes right down into the gator. Like, or crocodile. So it's like, do something. <laughs> Another gator? Give me that shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bad. Uh, and yeah, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing you get out of this film. The kid that they choose for... I, I don't like coming down on child actors, but I don't think they chose the yeah, right... Yeah, what are we, the Razzies? Yeah. I, do, I don't think they chose the right kid for Peter. He's... Like there's, he just doesn't have that Peter Pan energy, uh, and that's more on the casting and the director than they than should him. have chosen a young woman to play the part. But yeah, but yeah, no, it's just I, I, I don't know. The, these things are a plague. They need to end. I know why they exist. I don't care. Um, well, they're not even going to theaters anymore. So what's the point? Yeah, yeah. Well, but then the thing is, like, then you have. I guess they feel more confident about Little Mermaid, oh. so... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so, and, and I have to go to that. Now. I have to go to that now. Which, but I Little, mean, I, Little Mermaid's going to make hand-over-foot dollars, you know, yeah. compared to Peter Pan. You think? Absolutely. Apparently, Scuttle is like a diving bird, so that's why it's underwater. Yeah, they. it's a certain type of Because everyone made the same joke when they released the character posters, like, oh my gosh, Scuttle's drowning. <laughs> As opposed to Flounder, who just looks like a normal fish, and they release that scene where she's like holding his fins, and it just looks like she's about to rip him off. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, so it sounds like, Mason, that you would recommend Mouse Hunt over Peter Pan and Wendy. It certainly, it that I certainly would. 
I, I count I this as a win. I would certainly like to. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, you. before we, before we <laughs> no, say goodbye, do we want to talk about what our plans are for the summer? Yes, let's talk about summer. the summer of love. Yes, so uh, each month we're going to take... Uh, we're going to take a month and do something that we truly, really do love that maybe people probably know, maybe isn't that forgotten. Uh, and next month, we're going to do the Indiana, we're going to talk about Indiana Jones as a whole, not just a single film, but the franchise as a whole. Oh, I guess we're just skipping Yanny episodes now. That's <laughs> yeah, because you're getting a whole month of canon, dude. Is that what we decided? Yes, that's what we decided. <laughs> it's going to be. What is. It's an extravaganza. We're going off the rhythm of you get an episode, he gets an episode, I get an episode. We're get, going off that. This is the summer of love. This is an event. This is something you guys are really going to want to listen to. We're going to we're talking Indiana yeah. Jones because Indiana Jones Five is coming out. We're talking Crimson Peak because Haunted Mansion is coming. Young out. Indiana Jones Chronicles. We're talking Lego Indiana Jones video games. All the one things. and two. We're talking Crimson Peak because Haunted Mansion is coming out, and we're talking about canon films because. You love canon. We learned nothing from the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So thank you so much uh, for listening to Artifail Show. Ugh. Thank you so much. For- uh, ah, let me just do it clean. Just shut the up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's staying in. It's the only way you'll learn. Thank you for listening to Artificial Entertainment. Uh, it really means a lot. If you could leave us a review or something, it, it just helps more people find it. Um, but if you want to uh, follow the show, we're on Twitter at Artificial Pod and Instagram at Artificial Pod. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Maybe Josh Made This. Mason, where can they find you? You can find me at Mr. Unofficial CEO, pretty much anywhere worth finding. Uh, TikTok's the best place to check it out. And uh, also, we, by the time, to- I don't know, by the time this comes out, the second episode of Grimm should be out. It's going to be oh, a fun yes. episode. <gasps> And we're going to be barreling towards our third finale episode in July. So that'll be a lot of fun. Go check if it out. If you haven't listened to Grimm yet, I highly recommend it. If you if you are a fan of the Grimm Adventures of Billy and Mandy, you cannot afford to miss this. <laughs> it doesn't connect. It has nothing to do with it, but... You can't afford it. <laughs> the, the best... I described it to Mason as, this sounds so good, it sounds like you didn't make it. So I, I really do recommend it for people. I drank a lot that night. <laughs> I, I didn't say that, but it's dang. <clears throat> uh, Tyler, anything you want to plug? Uh, nope. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And uh, we'll see you next month with Indiana Jones. All right. Here we go. Quiet. Wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. I see you shiver with every discipline. Taking your first step into a larger world. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Isn't that a daisy? Where do they get a load of me? It's indescribably beautiful. It reminds me of the 4th of July. Welcome to downtown Coolsville. Population? Us. It's artificial. Entertainment. Patient.